Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I am your host, Keith Koo. On today's show, I have my first third-time guest, my friend, Teresa Grobecker, who is a venture partner at U.S. Capital Global and also the CEO of Real Estate Consortia. She'll be talking about what's going on in real estate. And on the Cyber Tip of the Week, I'm going to be talking about the big iPhone vulnerability. So don't go away. So on this week's tech news, Capital One just announced a massive data breach of up to 100 million people. Now, in terms of the disclosure, they had said that an outsider gained access who has already been caught. And things like customer data, credit scores, credit limits, balances, payment history, all that has been found in the data that the, that the um, investigators uncovered. One thing, though, in terms of the marketing behind the incident, Capital One says, well, 99% of the people were not affected. However, when there's a 100 million person breach, that still means a million people got affected. Next, the IRS sent out thousands of phishing letters to potential cryptocurrency holders. And I'm going to talk about this in a future show. How could the IRS even know whether somebody or not had cryptocurrency when it's supposed to be anonymous. But don't panic. Uh, if you get into these situations, there are definitely ways that people can help you. So you can email us at info at svn.biz if you get one of those letters. In a recent study of food delivery drivers, it was found that one in four, or 28% to be exact, eat your food. Just thought you should know that. In other interesting news, there is a fake financial expert who goes by Patricia Russell and apparently has promoted herself as a financial planner, has been quoted in Market Watch and Consumer Reports and the Business Insider. Well, apparently she is totally fake, yet people have been following her advice. So if you've been following Patricia's advice, I would definitely check how your investments have been doing. And finally... It has been said that there's enough satellites orbiting the Earth that we've really become a surveillance state. And there's an interesting story where a cannabis grower in Oregon was nailed by the feds because they were growing pot and through the aerial photos taken by the satellites, they could actually tell the, the time that the person planted it and the time it was ready to be harvested and it was pretty, pretty easy to spot. So... One thing, it's not just my advice, but whatever you do, I would assume you're being watched. And that's the tech news of the week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, I have my friend and returning guest, Teresa Grobecker, who is an equity partner at US Capital Global and the CEO of Real Estate Consortia, which happens to be the darling of NAR, the National Association of Realtors. Welcome back, Teresa. Thanks for having me, Keith. Great to see you. 
So we got a lot to cover today, so I'm just going to map it out so people don't lose anything. We're going to first talk about what's happening with REC, Real Estate Consortia. Then we're going to talk about what's happening in the industry and how it might affect agents. And then we're going to talk about the title token and the technology built uh, behind Real Estate Consortia. And then we're going to end it with a lot of fun stuff that's going on in just real estate in general. So what's going on with Real Estate Consortia? Get me up to speed. Yeah, totally. Thanks for having me. So Real Estate Consortia is tracking the world's relationships, starting with real estate referrals, and we use blockchain technology. So since we were last here, we have logged our first 100 users on the system. We cleared our first referral on Real Estate Consortia, and that happened faster than I ever thought possible. So that was a $2.5 million cash transaction that closed in two weeks, and there was a $62,000 commission that was received by the agent through our referral platform. And that sounds really fast, but why did it happen faster than you thought it would? Well, the nature of referrals is uh, referral is made, and at the very least, the referral has to get warmed up. So a property search commences, or there's a listing period, like a pre-listing period. And then we're talking uh, about at least a 30-day escrow in most normal markets. And obviously, this one happened so much faster. So an escrow could you know, for on the residential side, start and be like 30 to 90 days. That's kind of customary. If it's commercial, there's probably a longer due diligence process. So this one happened super fast. And it's because the parties had already done a lot of homework about the properties that they were looking at. And it was a repeat client of actually my real estate brokerage. And that's where we sandboxed and tested this uh, this first transaction. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting in that people don't often think about that there's a lot of money to be had in referrals. I think that referrals happen in a lot of different ways, um, most often casually. And then you think about an industry like real estate where I believe up to $20 billion a year is lost in referral revenue. That's correct. So it's estimated from one of the largest firms in the country that real estate referrals comprise about 20 to 30% of an agent's commission. So if the total commissions last year were 70 to $80 billion, we conservatively say that that's $20 billion of untracked revenue. And it's untracked by all of the largest real estate firms, by the largest real estate referral firms as well. They have proprietary systems, but there isn't a technology that everyone can look at from start to finish in a referral process. So it's really hard to know when a referral closes and who should be getting paid. And so that's my analogy is, and it's it's really a matter of educating the real estate market. Like if there was $20 billion of money in your pocket and I took it away from you, you'd be like, whoa, that hurt, right? You'd be like, I missed that money. But because realtors don't know what they're missing, it's like we have to educate the market and say, you're losing out on $20 billion. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point in that referrals do happen both formally and casually. I think uh, when I speak to realtors, their initial reaction is, oh, we just do them. We don't, they're not very purposeful about that. They know people are moving across country. They're like, oh, yeah, here, here's somebody I know. They'll help you out. But I think that in terms of the estimate of the lost potential and that as much as we are all people who work on relationships, if you had a formal program and knew that you could get paid, I think really the activity would just increase. Yeah, absolutely. That's the point, right? Is that there is nothing tracking the referral. So it's going to be casual. I don't really care if I get paid or not because there's nothing that's going to keep that ledger for me and tell me and do that dirty work of 
calling to check and see. So if I make a referral, I just don't really care if I get paid. And that's just kind of the industry standard. Um, but there is so much business that's exchanged because realtors are really experts in their own neighborhood and their own domain. And anything outside of that, it's just like, well, I'm just going to outsource it so I don't look a fool for not knowing that market really well. And I affectionately say that right now the industry standard is that a PDF gets signed by both brokers and then that PDF gets uh, it goes into a folder on my desktop and then it goes there to die. And so now with Real Estate Consortia, there's actually a portal where I can go look and say, wow, these are the active referrals that are going in between brokers at this very moment. And I think what's really interesting is that on the investment banking side, we're starting to track those referrals as well because there are a lot of referrals that are made in investment banking because one bank might be able to underwrite a deal that another can't. So, yeah, I'm going to want to talk about that in our next segment because I'm very interested about just referrals in general. So once again, you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Joined in the studio today with Teresa Grobecker, CEO of Real Estate Consortia, a property tech startup, as well as an equity partner at U.S. Capital Global. I want to make a quick reminder that the NTT Open Innovation Contest 10.0 just opened up. If you've got a company that wants to submit a proposal, come to the svin.biz website for more information. Any questions or comments about what we're talking about today, referrals in general, email us at info at svi.biz. We'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Join with Teresa Grobecker who's the CEO of Real Estate Consortia, a real estate technology startup that's tracking real estate industries referrals. And she's also an equity partner at U.S. Capital Global and Investment Bank. So this week's question is very near and dear to my heart. We were speaking in the first segment with Teresa about how referrals is an important aspect of the real estate industry, and it's actually often either formal or informal, it's just untapped. Up to $20 billion a year is lost in referral income in the real estate industry in the United States. So I know from personal experience that referrals can get quite large, especially when we're talking about technology companies, and I know what it takes to actually have to pursue those referral fees um, in litigation, in different types of legal resources. So generally in real estate, we're talking about um, smaller amounts. And so oftentimes people think it's not even worth going after. And I think that would be, Teresa, a question for you and Real Estate Consortia. Even if we use the platform, what makes it compelling to do that if I don't think I'm actually going to get paid the referral, I'm not going to go after it? Yeah, so the platform is super easy to use. You just sign on, you input your information, and then you can put in your referrals information, and then there's a ledger, right? And because of the technology, we can now go after um, best behavior practices and then worst behavior. So we track and we ask everyone to be on the honor system and we say, hey, right, like, where is your referral? But the worst case is, is that we have legal services now behind us who will go after through a a series of different steps. So one is if the person just forgot, we just send out a reminder saying, hey, we think you forgot. Second is we go after the person's board affiliation because this is an ethics violation. And then we can roll up to the state and say, hey, you know, this person just didn't pay and this will impact their professional license. 
And then the last step is we pull them onto home turf here in California and we say we're going to take them to court. And that's super expensive to get people to travel here, have to cover legal. So we just have four really easy steps where we're just pulling them on. And because of this process, plus the technology itself, for the first time ever, cash flow factoring, so commission financing companies are now able to lend on these referral contracts, which is huge. These companies have been trying to figure that part out for like the last decade, and now we're able to offer 75% financing on a commission that's that goes into contract. So we're really excited about that because in the real estate industry, there are so many expenses. And I think that there is a lot of backlash against the real estate community where everyone is trying to figure out why we make the kind of money that we make. And people don't realize how expensive it is to run a real estate practice. And these costs are reoccurring. They either reoccur every month or every quarter. And so realtors are trying to budget for those costs. Uh, the average realtor earns anywhere between forty dollars to $50,000 a year. And their overhead is really significant. And on top of that, they're also paying their own taxes uh, because they are independent contractors. So now we have a situation where realtors can get in advance to kind of keep that machine going, their whole marketing, the technology, all the dues they have to pay. So we're pumped about the prosperity that we bring into the industry and and being able to go after the referrals that are due. It's really a closed loop system that helps everyone. Well, thanks, Teresa. So that is actually quite interesting about the factoring aspect that you're talking about. And I think we should get a little bit more into that just because I don't think people understand there's this whole industry. So factoring is the ability that once you have predictability in a payment, that becomes a tradable asset. And so companies can you know, think about insurance. You can think about how you can sell that uh, payable. So maybe you were owed a dollar and you're going to sell it for 97 cents. You're going to capture 97 cents of that because the 3% is worth getting money in hand. So being able to use a platform like Real Estate Consortia for people who are, in essence, advancing their commissions, advancing their referral commissions, they can now trade that and uh, get paid faster. Yeah, it's really interesting because we've gone from a manufacturing economy to a service economy. That's like you know beating a dead horse. But what that means in the service economy is that the asset itself is the referral. And like once we start to break that apart, things get really interesting because those are human relationships. And now we can quantify and monetize a referral. So what's really cool is our patent pending claims using the blockchain technology and the title token also covers referrals. So what we're building next is a referral marketplace using blockchain technology. And that is going to really revolutionize where the industry goes from here. Because up until now, it's been really big lead gen sources, especially in the real estate space, that have been taking realtor data and then selling it back to realtors. And so now for the first time, we can democratize who owns that lead and that referral. And so the person themselves can put themselves out onto the marketplace, sell their own information to somebody who's interested in servicing that person. And oh, by the way, that's not just real estate. That covers any industry that's out there. And that's what our patent covers. And we're really excited to build that next part out. Uh, it transforms what a consumer can do with their mortgage information, the next house they're going to buy, all of the services they're into pertaining, dealing with the property, all those service providers who know information about the people who own the property as well. 
So that fabric of what we're building is going to be super exciting. Okay, so I'm a realtor, I'm a broker, I'm totally sold. How do I get started? Getting started is super easy. You just go to real estate, well, excuse me, reconsortia.com and you click on either new referral or log in and that takes you into a sign up process. And I would say this, I don't know how much of your your listenership is overseas and global. What was interesting when we went to NAR mid-year is we found out that we instantly needed to have global built out. So the way that we can um, service that market day one is for people who are in the international markets to come on board and say that they're a broker um, because then the hierarchy of the relationships gets really fleshed out easily. So it's super easy. You just say like what your level of licensure is. Um, so you're either an agent, you're a um, a broker associate or you're a managing broker. And so from there, the relationships then parse out and we, we've we supported the legal system for most all the states in the country, in the United States. So from there, you just put in your client's information and then you put in the information of who you want to send the lead to. And then a referral contract pops up and it gets agreed to by you as the referrer and then it gets sent out to the recipient and that person then clicks through and accepts. And what's really cool is once they see it, according to the terms of service of our system, once they have eyeballs on it, then it's automatically it's automatically a contract between parties. And that's very much like how the MLS system works today, is that once uh, a participating, cooperating brokerage fee goes in and all parties see it and an offer is made, then that's contractually binding. So we've modeled some best practices from the real estate industry into our technology. Yeah, thanks for the ex- detailed explanation. I think uh, just the latest count, we're lucky that Silicon Valley Insider actually has listeners downloading the podcast in 107 countries. I'm not sure all of them would be great candidates to do the um, international transaction, but the fact that the infrastructure is there is super important. And I also think that having the legal framework that we have here in the United States and extending that to all the other countries as we roll out is is very interesting as well. I would say that in terms of how easy it is to get started, I have an account at Real Estate Consortium. I'm not a realtor. <laughs> it, it is super easy. And I think that um, you've done webinars. and I, Certainly, we've done past shows with you as well. So people can find all that information on reconsortia.com, Real Estate Consortium, and get more information. Uh, Teresa, are there any shows that you're going to be speaking at upcoming? Yeah, so I was just at Inman Las Vegas, which is the largest real estate event in the world. The next one that's coming up is the IOI Technology Summit in Seattle. That's a NAR event. And I'm supposed to be speaking at Rezo, which is Real Estate Standards Organization. And I will definitely be speaking at the NAR annual event in November in San Francisco and somewhere in between I'll be in Portugal and I'll be speaking to the capital markets there. Well, great. Well, thanks for the update. So I don't want anyone to go away. In our next segment, Teresa and I are going to be talking about Real Estate Consortium's title token and what's next for that. So if you have questions or comments we're talking about today, email us at info at svn.biz to get more information on Real Estate Consortium. We'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo. Once again, on today's show, I have Teresa Grobecker, who is an equity partner at U.S. Capital Global. 
an investment bank with offices in San Francisco, Los Angeles, London, and also the CEO of Real Estate Consortia. On this week's Cyber Tip, I want to talk about two things. One is that a group of researchers from Google Security uncovered six vulnerabilities in Apple's iOS software. And what's typical, we've talked about this in past shows about bugs and bug bounties where people are, get paid for finding these flaws. Well, with Google Research, they're looking at all kinds of different potential vulnerabilities. In this case, with the iOS platform, five of the six vulnerabilities have already been patched, and that's customary that whenever ethical white hat hackers or bounty finders, they will give the company a head start so they can patch this. So usually you notify them 90 days in advance, and they get time to fix those problems, and they release what they found, and then that's supposed to help the community. Well, there's one vulnerability that still has not been closed yet, and that's an interactionless potential vulnerability for iMessage. So if you're an iPhone user and you've upgraded, you need to upgrade to 12.4 to make sure five of those six patches are complete. But the one that can still get you is this ability for a nefarious actor to inject code into an iMessage. And if you open the iMessage, it will automatically execute the script. So the tip there is make sure before you open anything on iMessage, know who's sending it to you. The other story I wanted to talk about, it seems that as tech is moving faster and faster, the rate of the security industry being able to keep up with that is becoming affected. And what we're saying is that as companies of all sizes rush to adopt technologies, they have to really know what they're doing because they might be putting something into their environment that their security team can't come up with. And that just opens up the company for more vulnerabilities. So the tip there is just to stay on top of it. Make sure your security folks and your architects really know what they're doing and why they're doing it. And that's the cyber tip of the week. Welcome back to the show. Once again, joined with Teresa Grobecker, who is the CEO of Real Estate Consortia, a real estate technology platform tracking the world's referrals, as well as an equity partner at US Capital Global, an investment bank headquartered here in San Francisco. Welcome back, Teresa. Thanks for having me. So Teresa, this is your third time on the show. We've talked a lot about Real Estate Consortia, how the real estate industry is changing, how real estate technology is helping out. At the backbone of Real Estate Consortia is this concept of a title token. What is a title token and why is that relevant? Yeah, so the title token is a unique identifier for your property. So think of like LinkedIn for yourself as a human or Carfax for your car. So now we've created a unique identifier and an owner's dashboard and this is coming, actually. So we've we've mocked this up over the last several months. Um, and now we're just starting to pull all the pieces together. So why it's useful is a realtor is always struggling to provide value in between the time the house is purchased and the ha- time the house is sold. So I'm always struggling to re-engage with the inventory. So we created this title token um, because there's a saying in real estate, if you list, you last. What that means is if you can control the inventory, you have a very good, healthy career and a stay in the real estate industry. So the title token and the owner's dashboard, it pumps out alerts about the property to the homeowner, and it's branded with the realtor's information. Why that's useful is there's nothing that's helping the the homeowner understand what's happening on the back end of the piece of property during the lifetime of ownership. 
title insurance is always backward looking. So the things that we're looking at is, yeah, we'll store those bespoke like data sets that get recorded with the county. But what's really exciting about what we have built is now we have insight into promotions for capital improvements to the house. Mm -hmm. We can look at inspections. We can look at when a service provider comes into your house to spray for termites, that service inspector can now look at all the appliances, take a photo of all the appliances, figure out which one have recall mandates on them or the life trajectory of that appliance. These are all meaningful data sets as a homeowner we want to know. Also, the homeowner can start feeding the system information about the property and the homeowner is going to get rewarded by the capital market. So they'll get better mortgage rates. I think what's really cool is we're also going to be pumping out updates about the short-term rental income that a property owner can make on their house. And why that matters is, is because for the first time ever, the capital markets are starting to look at the the amount of money that can be made by the house and then use that in underwriting so that you can get more uh, more money out of your house. So you can get a special HELOC just because you're renting out your house on Airbnb or VRBO. Um, also, insurance services are going to be tied into this as well. And what's cool is that anything that cannot be serviced within this homeowner dashboard will be kicked out into our referral marketplace. And then Real Estate Consortia really becomes this flywheel so that all of these referrals start flying. The homeowner can benefit from this, right? They get better services. It's a true lead. It's really somebody who owns the property. The realtor benefits. And then all of these service providers, they have... They have a fiduciary duty to each other now to take care of the client in a better way because all this information is now put onto the blockchain and stored always because with the money in mind, right, capital markets can then see this data set on the back end. So everyone gets rewarded on our system for being a good actor, for doing the right thing for the client. So I can think of several analogies and I want you to tell me if I'm close or not. I could think of... A Carfax for homes. I could think of a medical record as you as a human. This is a medical record for your, your real estate property and a credit report. I can think of analogies for all these things. And as you're taking care of the homeowners, you're taking care of your, your real estate asset, it's going to improve the value. And then if you're not taking care of it, it's going to be recorded and it'll it'll be detrimental to that. Absolutely. As a realtor, we always love to see good inventory hit the streets. We want that house that's been loved over its lifetime. We want to know what work has been done. As a broker, I wear my compliance hat and I'm always holding that compliance, uh, the, the bag, right? I'm the, the lawsuits that happen in real estate never affect the agents. They always stick with the broker, right? So my insurance, my E&O broker for real estate, he says it's like driving drunk, an agent driving drunk on someone else's driver's license. It's the best analogy that's out there. They just get to take my license, drive drunk, do whatever they want to do and come back. I'm always looking to for ways to shave risk off of the deal. So with this data set, this is really a broker tool. It's an agent tool. We get to see an improved data set about what's happened with the property. And instead of being like saying, oh, I don't know, Mr. or Mrs. Buyer, what the history of this house is. Now we can say, oh, look, these this is the record. And, and now, oh, well, who is the service provider for this? Oh, it was this person. Why don't you call that person? Because this person knows the history of this house really well. And that just helps us as realtors be able to service the client just so much better when we have good answers for them and we know the history of the house. So, Teresa, a question I have regarding what we just talked about in the data sets and how it's like medical history or credit history, 
Who's curating and maintaining that information? So the partners that we're bringing on in this space for the homeowner dashboard, they are the most uh, well-respected service providers in the country. That's who we're going with. And these are all personal relationships with these CEOs who run really good books of business. So they're vetted is, I think, my point here. And it's their service providers who have the written logs of what they're seeing in the property. Okay. Well, I think you have different stakeholders. So I, as a homeowner, yeah. can I add my own information directly into the title token? Absolutely. I, okay. So that how does that happen? So it's going to be through a couple of different service providers and having a portal. So um, there's going to be a portal and a, and a box. Think of like DocBox for your home is or box.com for your home. And that's going to sit and be tied directly to your title token. Okay. So let's recap. We've created a title token for every property in the United States. As transactions occur on the referral platform, a history builds up on this data set. The service providers can put information about my property directly onto the title token, and I can do that as well. Correct. And is there any incentive for me as a homeowner to not put my information on? Is there any reason why I wouldn't put information on? Well, there's going to be consumer protection built into this from top to bottom. We have to be mindful of that. We are headquartered in one of the most consumer protective states in the union. So we're mindful of that, especially with my different you know, regulatory hats that I'm always wearing, being a broker, mortgage licensed, and then with FINRA and the SEC, that's always front of mind. However, I will say that the system incentivizes the homeowner to share a lot of this data because the more data that's shared, the better rates they're going to get on services, um, on insurance, on mortgage rates. So I always believe in full disclosure. So I want to remind everyone that I actually am a senior advisor to Teresa's company, Real Estate Consortium, and I do a lot on the risk and compliance side. And this is something that's very important to the entire community of not just Real Estate Consortium, but the real estate community as well. If you ever do a Google search on Teresa's name, Grobecker, G-R-O-B-E-C-K-E-R, you will see that she's speaking at all the events she talked about. So whether it's NAR, IOI coming up the technology part of NAR up in Seattle in August later this month, um, you will see that Teresa is setting, setting the standard for where property technology is going, especially in referrals. Teresa does webinars, she does seminars, and she gets asked to speak over and over again. So, Teresa, I think because there's so much information out there, what's the best way to get a hold of you? The best way to get in touch with me is to find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty responsive on the messaging app there. And so you can find me under Teresa Grobecker, G-R-O-B-E-C-K-E-R. Well, thanks, Teresa. Thanks for being on the show today to talk about everything that's happening in Real Estate Consortia. And I don't want to remind people not to go away because in the next segment, we're going to talk about the in the pivot, how is the real estate industry changing? What do they need to do in terms of technology to keep up with the changing times? And we'll even get into uh, a massive lawsuit that's coming up as well. So, if you have any questions or comments on today's show, especially if you're in the real estate industry, email us at info at svnup.biz. And we'll be right back to talk about what's changing in the real estate industry. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. 
Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. Today in studio, I have Teresa Grobecker, who is the CEO of Real Estate Consortia, a referral platform for real estate industry, as well as an equity partner in U.S. Capital Global, an investment bank's headquartered in San Francisco. Welcome back, Teresa. Thank you. So on this segment on the pivot, what's really big public news is that the National Association of Realtors and eight of the top brokerage houses in the U.S. are named in a class action lawsuit. And no matter if they win or lose, it's going to really change the way the real estate industry works. And Teresa, beyond all the stuff we've talked about, she is, in her own right, a real estate industry expert. So Teresa, I wanted to talk about how is this going to change the landscape? There's a lot of speculation of what's going to happen here. And what was announced at Inman, there was a panel and it was called the lawsuit. And what was discussed is that it's not going to be dismissed and it's not going to be settled. It's going to go to trial. That's that's not me. You know, I'm, I'm not the expert there, but that that was the gist of what was presented at Inman, which is the largest real estate conference in the world. And what that means is what happens in this lawsuit is that the buyer side agent compensation in any transaction is going to be severely adjusted because it's a contract between two parties that are happening on a closed system where it's not disclosed. So whether it's disclosed to the consumer now or if it just goes away altogether, there's going to be a lot of downward pressure on the buyer's agent. So the speculation is that a lot of these buyer's agents are just going to go away. And how many buyer's agents could be affected with that number? Well, it depends on how you parse this. And I was just talking to one of my strategic advisors on the drive over here, actually, is that it's either half of the agents that are out there or half of the agents are going to lose half of their commission or all all agents could lose half their commission or half the agents just go away. Either way, we're looking at losing half of the revenue that's currently in real estate. So let's talk about the numbers. I believe there's almost 1.4 million agents in the United States. Yes, that's correct. So there, well, okay. So there's 1.34 million realtors in the country. So realtors are people who subscribe to the National Association of Realtors and the three-tiered system. So that means that we have lobbying and public support at the national, state, and then local level. What's interesting is there's actually more like 2 million real estate professionals in the country. So that means someone who is licensed to conduct real estate activity. So around like 600,000, it could even be upwards of a million that are uncounted for, unaccounted for, are actually not members of any state, local, or national affiliation. And what that means is that those, say, million agents do not have access to the data. Mm-hmm. And so if you've ever looked for a property online, if you've ever gone on Zillow, if your agent has ever subscribed you to anything that shows you properties online, you are looking at something that an agent has paid for. We all buy into this system. And that's what's under litigation right now. So what happens with this lawsuit is that half of the revenue that realtors receive either through the nonprofit organization or the professionals themselves goes away. The MLSs lose revenue as well because people just won't be able to afford those dues. How much revenue is that at stake? So real estate commissions are about $80 billion. Okay, so So, we're talking about 600,000 to 1 million affected real estate professionals and about $40 billion of commissions. That's correct. So 
how does this impact Real Estate Consortia? So Real Estate Consortia is a referral-based system. We log the world's referrals starting with real estate. What that means is that the referrals, that basically referrals are going to become more important than ever because people are not going to be able to afford to stay in the real estate industry full-time professionally. However, and this is what I love about our system is we protect those people who have the human relationships with the consumer. So I know buyers, buyers know me, buyers ask me questions because they view me as an expert. And that's the value that any real estate practitioner has is that human relationship. So now that practitioner can put the referral into real estate consortia. And now that referral is completely democratic. So all of these issues with the lawsuit that say they, there's price fixing and antitrust issues that are happening in real estate, all of that goes away, all of it, because this is completely democratic. It's between the two parties and then the client can get notified about who's making what on the deal. And that's what's so important. It was really interesting when NAR put us into the accelerator and we became part of the portfolio companies that the National Association of Realtors has. Even I didn't fully realize the importance of what we were building and what that means to the industry. And I'm really passionate about protecting this as an industry because I have two little kids who happen to be really good at real estate. And I always get on stage and I'm always talking about them. So now there's a technology that's going to protect the future of real estate. And that is through the referral system. So brokers, uh, what we need right now and what we're building is a network of brokers so that there can be a referral only side of a broker's business and that those referral only agents can refer their clients over into the agents who do the majority of the business in real estate. And so now we have the buyers that will keep the market going and to buy the inventory from the sellers. And it's a marketplace. Teresa, this is an exciting time for the industry. It's a scary time for the industry, but I think that with a platform like Real Estate Consortia and all the things you just explained, I think it's a good time for people to jump on board. So I know you'll be coming back more and more because this is just a really important topic, especially when we just said there's 600,000 to 1 million real estate professionals that could be at risk and up to $40 billion of commissions. So thanks again for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. And I just want the audience to know that if you're in real estate, I'm your best friend because I'll get you paid. And with that, <laughs> if you have questions or comments about what we talked about today's show, email us at info at and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846, 888-828-SVIN. 